Currency Press is Australia's foremost publisher of the performing arts. We've been sharing Australian stories since 1971, and we've always believed in theatre that raises more questions than answers. That's why we're sitting down with some of the country's most respected playwrights and talking to them about their work. Each month we look at one play over 30 minutes with insights straight from the source. Hello, I'm Toby Leon, and this is Not In Print. Jada Alberts is a Larakia, Badi, Wadaman and Yanawa performer from the top end of Australia. She graduated in 2006 from the Adelaide Centre for the Arts, and in 2007 won the Adelaide Critics Circle Award for Best Emerging Artist. Jada has appeared on stage in Frost Nixon, The Birthday Party, Second to None and Yibiyang. Most recently, she played Goneril in the national tour of The Shadow King. Jada appeared in the feature film Red Hill, and on television in Rush Series 3, Redfern Now, Wentworth, and the upcoming Wentworth Series 2. Jada is also an accomplished musician and painter of contemporary Indigenous art, and in 2013, she won the Balnaves Foundation Indigenous Playwrights Award. The play we're here to talk about today, Brothers Wreck, recently had its premiere production at Belvoir and was met with great acclaim. Brothers Wreck is about life, even though it begins with a death. On a hot morning under a house in Darwin, Reuben wakes to find his cousin, Joe, hanging from the rafters. What follows is the story of a family buffeted by constant tragedy, holding itself together as their people have done generation after generation. Brothers Wreck asks us, how do we deal with death? And how many other people does it take for each of us to live? Little by little, Reuben's family brings him back from the edge. Jada, welcome to Not In Print. Thank you. I'm going to read an excerpt from your writer's note that accompanies the play script. You say that since the age of 17, I have felt the death of others through suicide. I lost someone. My brother lost someone else. My mother and father too. Then it was my cousin, my extended family, talks of attempts and self-harm. As the years have passed, death in my community through suicide seems to have gathered momentum. The statistics reflect this almost entirely. Can you walk me through some of those statistics and, if you're comfortable doing so, tell me about the human stories behind them? Hmm. One of the interesting statistics that I, that I read recently was that in the 1980s, um, Indigenous suicide was next to nil. And now it's at a rate that's approximately three times the average rate. I guess the personal, the personal things that hit me, uh, the personal suicides that I felt growing up, I lost someone when I was 17 um, to suicide and it was a friend from high school and um, it had a really big effect on me because at the community that we were both a part of, it wasn't spoken about and it wasn't dealt with in a way where I felt as a young person I was allowed to ask questions about what had happened. You know, I attended her funeral and it was as if a horrible accident had happened, but I wasn't able to actually ask anyone or talk to anyone about exactly what had, had happened to this young girl. So that was, that was, I think, my first experience of that. You know, going on from that, my, my mum lost, lost a very close friend an artist and 
she had children who are in my family and later on my brother lost someone and, and, and my father also and I guess the attempts and talks of self-harm that I mentioned there. M- many people in my family have suffered from depression and, and mental illness and there's sort of, you know, a, a constant worry that as people aren't coping well with their circumstance that there's a risk of them self-harming and and there's certainly circumstances of that self-harm and I found it really difficult to know how to talk about that so I think that sort of lived with me for a, a, a long time before I started writing. And the play starts with a suicide, a life is lost and we never get to meet this young man, Joe. The story that unfolds is about what remains for the people that Joe left behind and I'd like to hear why you chose to focus on the aftermath of his suicide rather than the build-up to it. Mm. I chose to focus on on the aftermath of this young man's suicide for several reasons. One of them was that I found it extremely hard when first beginning to write. I found it extremely hard to... Dealing with a character who doesn't know what they want is a, is a tricky thing as a, as a storyteller. So that became a, a really, really interesting problem that I was working with in the beginning. And another thing that sort of added to that, though, was that there was an instance in my family where a young person took their life and two of my immediate cousins were in the same house as this young person. And, and that was a, about three years ago when I started where I felt an urgency to write, really, because of this this death that had happened to some to people that were very close to me, and they had to deal with the immediate aftermath of this young boy taking his life, and it kind of blew my mind that they had to deal with that, and and I didn't know how to talk to them about how they dealt with that, and I also remembered that moment where I I couldn't talk about this young person that I lost. And it felt um, urgent to me that that I'd let other people see how horrible that moment could be. So I think that was why I put that moment at the beginning of the play. And it was also really important to me that I that I had a young character surrounded by people that loved him and that could bring him back from the edge. I wanted the story to be hopeful and in that way sort of writing the play backwards and starting with something really horrible and and ending in hope i i chose to deal with the aftermath rather than rather than the play ending with a suicide mm. well let's talk about these people that bring him back from the brink yeah your characters are so crisp and clear on the page that i have to wonder are they based entirely on real people it's a good question they are based on real people there's sort of an amalgamation i think that ha- happens when you when you start writing a character where you kind of gather lots of lots of people in your life and kind of distill them into a character. And for me, Adele and Jared were very much based on two people who I know and love, two cousins of mine that, that had to deal with um, a similar circumstance. And they were sort of based on those characters and through a lot of writing and rewriting and and a lot of guidance and a lot of dramaturgical guidance and... I was able to flesh them out more and I, they, they didn't um, automatically appear that way at first because despite them being based on, on real people, I think it takes a lot to make someone alive on the page and I really wanted to create a, a world of um, that was very believable so 
so it was really important for me that these characters were realistic, that um, while I wanted it to be heightened drama, I wanted young people to come to the theatre and believe what they were seeing and I wanted my family who had never stepped inside a theatre before to come and, and believe these people on stage and see themselves reflected in these people on stage. So it was definitely in my head that I believed everything that came out of these characters' mouths. And one of my favourite things about the character of Reuben is I don't think I wrote Cheeky in his character character notes but and and cheeky is not quite the word that describes it I I did put that down for Jared but there is there is a cheekiness and a smart aleckness that Reuben has that I think for 80% of the play he's got a smile on his face and that fascinates me about him in my head he's constantly smiling and he's his cheekiness is is really arrogant and his smart aleckness is really I feel like when he talks to someone it's it's a game that he wants to win almost every every conversation is a game and Hunter Page Lockhart in the role made you believe every single word coming out of his mouth even though a lot of it was BS yeah there was something inspiring is the wrong word but you did go with him yeah you know you did believe in him even though you knew that he was lost yeah, I think he's a really intelligent character as well. There's, I think he's absorbed things in a way that that fills him with a knowledge, a kind of streetwise knowledge that possibly not every young male of his age has, which is why I think you follow him down these paths, these rambles that he takes, and and there's a lot of truth in his rambling as well. It's the moment... When Petra first arrives in from Alice Springs, when she's speaking with Adele, that really shone a light for me on what Reuben could have been and what he still could be Mm. as well. She tells Adele that Reuben was accepted to school early and his mother, Lou, her sister, Mm. thought that he was the smartest kid on the block, had such high hopes, bless her. See, your brother was always telling us these weird things. He loves science, planets and that. Mm. The universe, auntie, is the biggest thing ever, even bigger than Darwin. Lou swore black and blue that kid would be the first black fella in space. <laughs> How did he get so off track? It's a good question. I think, I think mainly the thing that got him off track is an inability to deal with the circumstances that he's, that he's been dealt He's poorer than your average Australian child. He's he's had to deal with more tra- trauma than your average Australian child. He's he's lost his mum, and his dad isn't around. And you know he goes through that list himself of of why he's at risk. I think the main thing that got him off track was possibly thinking that he knew everything, and also that he him thinking that he he's a strong young man and thinking that his strength comes from his stoicness i think that that combination of things is really what what set him off track instead of being able to talk about things that worried him or upset him or lived with him every day like losing his mum and not having his dad around pushing those things to the back rather than dealing with them in more productive ways, I think those reasons sort of add up to a young man who can't, um, who's sort of just stuck, really. 
Yeah, and I want to read a um a quote from Adele. It's actually later in the play, but I wanted to ask you a question about it. She's speaking、mm. to David about Reuben, and she says, "There's this spot the boys used to fish at. Jared, Joe, and Rue. A couple of years back, they rescued this tinny from the dump. It sat on the front lawn, busted and full of holes so long they nicknamed it the front yard challenge." Eventually, they patched the holes, found an old motor. They'd fish all the time, the three of them. They found this spot on the harbor with three sunken ships in a clump. Brothers' wreck, they named it. Since Joe's gone, it's like I can't help but think that we'll all end up down there, sunk. What really struck me about that is that Adele clearly needs to talk to someone too. I mean, she、mm. has Jared. She obviously has an inner strength which carries her through.、Mm. But her doubts raise a very serious question:、mm. Do you think that a lot of people slip into the emotional and psychological danger zone because、mm. we don't assist them soon enough? Yeah, I th- I think they absolutely do. And Adele, you know, even at the end of the play, is. Is not sleeping well, and and she definitely needs to talk to someone. I think her character is、um, one of the things that separates her from Ruben, is that she she talks about at the end with、um, Petra. Petra、um, reminds her that she's always had a very caring nature and a very wanting to look after people nature, and I think along with that comes a sense of. Wanting to feel love and wanting to grieve when、um, someone is lost, and and sort of a, a kind of no nonsense approach to feeling. Petra actually says that she's just like her nana June,、mm. crying when she's happy, crying when she's sad.、Mm. Only way to get through this world, she says, let it all hang out.、Mm. And there's something very brave about that.、Mm. Very brave. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that helps her. Um, to some degree, but she's also a warrior as well.、Um, that's a you know a warrior, as in she worries, not a warrior warrior. But she's definitely, as Jared is, they you know they all need help. And in this circumstance, in this play, it's、uh, it's Reuben who needs the most help at this time. But each of those characters need need further investigation of that grief and that. That circumstance that happened, that they need to talk about, and I think for any young person or whatever age you are, that if if you suffer from depression, and if you think for a moment that you need help, then you should seek it, and that if you, and even if you think you don't, a simple conversation with somebody that you love or care about, and an inquiry of that. That part of yourself that you're unsure about, I think, is well well worth it because it can have a massive difference、um, in your life. I, for myself, I've suffered from depression, so I also know there's a lot of me in Ruben and me. There's a lot of me in Adele and Jared and and Petra and, of course,、um, that I've brought to those characters. But for me, it's a constant daily reassessment of of where you're at, if you need to be speaking to someone or not, and. I think we all have to kind of just take care of each other in that way, and and double check on each other if if we if we see that somebody we love is needing help, and and sometimes there's nothing that you know you can try and try, like in this circumstance with Joe, that where they tried and and seemingly failed, but it it's such a very personal thing, and I think 
the best thing that I did was seek help outside of my family and, and that can be a really tricky thing but it also gives you somebody that's impartial to talk to and and I think that's a big thing and, you know, David represents that in, in this play. Um, but, yeah, talking, I think, is your biggest thing that will help. Let's talk about Jared. I think Jared is m- my hero in this. One of No, I think he is my hero in this play. He is probably the strongest out of all of these characters that are all together. I think when he talks about, um, when he has that moment down with Rue and he talks about what happened and he talks about it in a way where he takes the blame away from Reuben and he takes the blame away from himself, I think um, for any human being who's dealt with a suicide in the way that he has is an extraordinary thing to do and... Yeah, I think he's able to do that because he feels as if he's in a place in his life where he's really safe. Him and Adele have been together for a very long time and I think that for him and her, that 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 relationship, they saved each other in a way and despite what the world throws at this couple, they will remain together till they die. And I think he has those two male qualities, strength and dependability, well, traditionally Mm. male qualities anyway, Mm. combined with the ones that you just mentioned to Mm. perhaps make him the perfect man. Um, (laughs) He tries tries to convince Ruben to fix up the front yard challenge again so they can go fishing at Brothers Wreck. And I want to ask you about Mm. different kinds of strength Mm. because Ruben says it'd be too weird without Joe. Jared Mm. persists, he even offers to buy a new net, but Mm. Ruben doesn't want to go. He can't bring himself to do it. He says that everyone should just deal with Joe's suicide on their own. Mm. And I want to ask you about the different approaches that Jared and Ruben have taken in the aftermath of Joe's suicide. Jared wants to connect, Ruben deflects and actively resists that. But Mm. that toughness of his, that front, doesn't equal strength. And Mm. Jared's empathy and generosity don't make him weak. Why do people handle grief in such conflicting and contrasting ways? What's going on there? Mm. I'm not really sure why people do that. You know, when I put myself in that mix as well, I'm 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 not sure why I deal with you know things differently than than anyone else, or or why these two characters do. I just know that I. I that one way doesn't work <laughs> and the other way i'm not sure that it works either because grief is such a such a, a a huge thing for anyone to deal with and it and it changes every day but i think i think there's a lot of things that sort of that add to add to the way we as human beings operate and 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 one of them i think in particularly for males is is that we kind of have, as a society, have asked men to be something that that really they they can't be. This sort of hardened, big, muscly type man who just protects and does everything and and doesn't feel and doesn't cry and you know that kind of very terrible saying, "Man up," which is just horrible and. Well, let's talk about David then, seeing as we're on the Mm. topic of men. What are the most important things we should know about him? David is the, I guess, if you you look at it on the page, he's probably the least written. 
he has the least lines, I, I, I suspect, and has the, the least to do, perhaps. But I think there's something really interesting about David and and I wanted him to be a real part of this world and to be dealing with the same issues that the rest of the characters are. And I think David is. Um, his story, I think, and the suicide that affected him was a while ago, a while before we get to meet him. I would probably say that he's not all he seems. There are clues, I think, that I have given him and put inside his lines as to what he's dealt with in his past and where he's found himself now. Which is why it's so interesting to me that he doesn't tell Reuben about mm. his experience. Mm. There was a parallel there for me where neither of them were mm. really being honest with one another or or revealing this. Yeah, he just didn't reveal this shared connection. I just wonder whether yeah. or not he might have gotten a lot further with Reuben had he done that yeah. at the outset. And I also wonder why he couldn't do that. Mm. I had, um, in some earlier drafts of Brothers Rank, I had him talking about that particular incident um, as I had imagined it for his character. Um, that incident of him um, losing somebody through suicide. And what I found was that that his character then became somebody who perhaps knew too much and was, uh, well, not knew, knew too much, but... Uh, Getting a bit preachy? Yeah, yeah, it got it got a bit preachy and, and also either way it didn't make a difference to Reuben, certainly in my, in my take of, of, of the play. I couldn't see how it would make it, an impact on Reuben enough to change his course. But I do think that, yeah, later down the track they get to a point where they're able to talk about that in a way where Reuben is respectful to David and what he's gone through and, and he's in a place where he can learn from what David is offering. Let's talk about Petra. Mm. What are the most important things you think we should know about her? I think Petra, one of the most important things would be that she that she's a she's a big laugher and that I think that she would always choose joy over um i think that everything that she has had to deal with in her life she would immediately opt for the joke rather than rather than the uh you know the gravity of of a heavy situation and i think that she she takes that with her in every situation she finds herself in i wanted to talk to you about the setting i mean darwin's really another character in mm. the play there's the torrential rain the frogs, ants getting into the wiring of the air conditioning in David's office, mm. street names appearing in the stage directions, and the shipwrecks, of course. Mm. What does Darwin bring to the story that nowhere else could have? Mm. Darwin brings to the story that certainly nowhere else could have for me a real sense of characters not being able to control the pressure that's in the air, the the rain that's falling, the the you know constant plant and animal life that finds its way into the house and on top of you, and you know, I was born in Darwin and and go back there all the time because my family's there, and I wanted to write about that that place not just because it's an important place for me, but I also feel like us down here in the eastern states. Um, 
we kind of are very isolated from that area and you know even even the news that happens up there kind of doesn't quite leak its way into our news down here unless it's really drastic and vice versa it's it's so isolated yeah so there was there was a few reasons why Darwin just seemed the perfect setting there's so much death in this play we've been talking mm. about it a lot there's so much grief as well but there's a lot of hope and perseverance and love too i'd like to read another quote of yours actually it's from an article in the sydney morning herald and you said that aboriginal people are really really cheeky with their loved ones they swear at each other all the time mm-hmm. and don't really mean it it's a different way of communicating even when dealing with the heaviest things there's humor in it so even though this play is very dark it's also very funny now most people could probably see the truth in that when faced with adversity you know keep your chin up look for a silver lining etc cetera, etc cetera. but the characters in brothers wreck have endured so much grief does humor become even more important in the face of such darkness for me it does and 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 certainly in my family and in the community that i mostly find myself in humor is just a constant and I, I'm not sure about the psychology behind that, but there's lots of there's lots of sayings about comedy and tragedy being so closely linked, and and how you know if you just simply change your perspective that a that a tragedy could be a comedy and vice versa. And I I think I'm not sure what what it is um, about indigenous people and comedy and how that links what the links are there, but. It's just something that has always been a thing that I've that I've noticed is different between the two worlds that I guess I live between, and I guess blackfellas don't take themselves so seriously a lot, especially when they're with family and with people that they love and and feel comfortable with. There's a lot of jokey silliness and teasing, and 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 it's a lot of fun. And I think in a lot of ways we're not afraid to step on each other's toes or say something that's confronting or or you know backhanded or I'm not sure I'm not sure why that is but it does seem to be a thing we we do you know certainly in my family which is the only black family I can you know safely talk about we we fight as much as we laugh so while we love each other very fiercely we there are still feuds in the family that have have been going on for more than 10 years and yeah it's it's that honesty that that's funny as well you know this play has been very well received by teachers what do you hope that young people can take away from working with the text i hope that young people can in particular i hope that young people can recognize themselves in in different characters and i hope that they can take some of those life lessons that i've learned from my family or or my community and i hope that some of those life lessons can help them i think i i would also want them to for young people who are interested in the arts to to be able to take one of these characters and feel like that they could fill the shoes of that character and and have have some interesting text to to be able to play with if they if they're interested in acting or writing or I hope also that they're inspired by by the way in which I was able to write this story and I hope that inspires some people to be able to write 
as well, you know, I found myself doing a lot of acting and then had a little bit of writing experience and then started writing. And I think it's a lot more of a, an accessible tool to people than, than they imagine it could be. Because there was a time when I didn't think that that I'd be able to do the things that I can do now. And yeah, so I hope that there's young people that are inspired by the story and feel like they can access the characters as well as, you know, write stories of their own. And I think that at the beginning of the play, Jared, Ruben and Adele would not have imagined that they would get to the point that they do at the Mm. end of the play either. There's a great progression there for all of them, Mm. even though things are not neatly tied up, what in Mm. life is ever neatly tied up. Mm. When you think about their future, what effect will Joe's suicide have on them as they become adults? Mm. I think it will be something that's always with them. And I think, while I'm not sure how each one, where each one will end up, I think um, certainly for me, every time you deal with something very, really hard in your life, there's there's a wisdom that comes from being able to deal with that hard thing. And there's also a, there's I think there's a desire to be able to share what you've learned through that. Sometimes that's not a very, you know, sometimes you don't want to shout it from the rooftops or go and be a counsellor yourself or things like that. But I think that... W- Whatever you do, um, that thing will remain with you and also the things that you learnt dealing with that situation will will remain with you. Yeah, I, I'd be really interested to see where they ended up and, yeah, it'd be interesting to have a conversation with the people who played those characters and see where, what, you know, what they think, where they ended up. Jada, thank you so much for coming in to talk to me about Brothers Wreck. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Not In Print. We hope you enjoyed hearing more about this great Australian play. You can find out more about who we are and view our full catalogue at currencypress.com.au. And if you have any comments or questions about this episode or any other episode, we'd love to hear from you. Just search for Currency Press on Facebook or Twitter and drop us a line. This episode was produced by Currency Press with the generous assistance of the Department of Performance Studies and the School of Letters, Art and Media at the University of Sydney. If you or anyone you know needs help and would like some judgment-free advice, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14.